make us a favorite button on your browser. If you click it, you'll go to that page. TalkZone.com, your first choice for talk on the Internet. Now, InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. How have things changed for kids in America since the mid-70s? While there have been some big improvements for our children, things are stagnant in surprising areas. How can we do better? InfoTrack's Roy Mackey has the story. Thanks, Chris. America has made great strides since 1975 in the well-being of children in many important areas, but there is one that stands out, education, that hasn't done as well. That's according to something called the Child Well-Being Index. We're joined by Dr. Kenneth Land. He's developer of the Child Well-Being Index. He's also a sociologist at Duke University, and he's here to talk about the current state of today's kids. Dr. Land, welcome to InfoTrack. Thank you very much. First, let's just talk about what the Child Well-Being Index is. Explain how it works and what it covers. The Child Well-Being Index is a composite measure of trends over time in the quality of life or well-being of America's children and young people. Its objective is to give a sense of the overall direction of change in the well-being of children and youth in the United States as compared to 1975. So are things better or worse for our kids today as compared to 1975? From 1975 until today, we had a series of about 10 to 15 years of decline in the 1980s and early 1990s. Since 1994, however, the index shows improvements for about a decade, and in the most recent years, we are above the um, baseline levels 1975. And maybe you can explain just some specifics of what exactly you're measuring as far as the quality of life for children. The themes that occur over and over again are economic well-being, health, safety concerns, educational attainment, community connectedness, which uh, refers to connectedness to social institutions such as schooling and the economy, social relationships with family and peers, and emotional and spiritual well-being. Let's talk about health for a moment. Has that improved in the last 20 or 30 years? The health index overall would show an improvement compared to 1975 were it not for the obesity trend among children and youth that began in the mid-1980s and has driven the health index score down to some 30% below the uh, base year values in 1975. We're talking with Dr. Kenneth Land from Duke University. He's a sociologist and has developed something called the Child Well-Being Index. Dr. Land, we've talked about some of the other issues, but academics seem to be something that play a very important role in the index, and apparently you've seen some decline in that area, right? Well, or the- certainly at least some stagnation. Yeah, the main story there is the average of the NAEP scores, National Assessment of Educational Progress Test Scores, what is called the Nation's Report Card, across the ages and across the uh, test scores is quite flat for the last 30 years. When we look a little closer and scope in on particular age groups, we do see some improvements in the NAEP scores for math and reading at age 9. And in the Child Wellbeing Index report for this year, we indicate that Expansions of pre-kindergarten enrollments at ages 3 and 4 in the 1990s may have helped us to achieve higher NAEP scores at age 9 because of the impacts of pre-K education on child's academic development. The other story that we focus on this year is at age 17, and there we see um, across the last decade uh, fair stability in the math scores, 
but we see what you could refer to as a U-turn in the reading scores. Reading scores at age 17 went up for a while, but then in the last decade they've come back down. And uh, we tried to puzzle through some of the factors that may be involved there. I understand that also the number of young adults holding bachelor's degrees has increased fairly noticeably, right? Yes. uh, One of the consequences of the 1990s new economy era was that kids found it increasingly important to get at least a bachelor's degree and possibly in some cases postgraduate degrees for um, job opportunities and income streams and so forth. And we saw the uh, percent of young adults ages 25 to 29 who had a bachelor's degree go from about 21% in the early 1990s to about 29% in the late 1990s. Those young people are now in family formation stages, having young children, and their children a decade or so from now will be the age 17-year-olds in the NAEP assessment project. And we did find in our analyses that there is a positive impact of parents' highest level of schooling attained on their children's reading and math test scores. So the prospect is that uh, if we project that out, that a decade from now perhaps this will show up in the age 17 test scores improving compared to recent years. So your study, the Child Wellbeing Index, has been uh, an ongoing thing. It's looked at children over the course of more than 30 years. What would you say the underlying causes are for the ups and downs in this index? You said that it was down some in the 80s and up some in the 90s. Are they economic? Are they social? Broadly speaking, there were two um, major developments in the 1980s which negatively affected child well-being. One of these was economic restructuring in the American economy. You may recall that the Rust Belt industries began falling apart very substantially in that period. Many uh, people who previously had relatively high-paying unionized jobs lost them and had to adjust to uh, other types of employment patterns. And so there was a massive economic restructuring in the 1980s, and we see the impact of that on family structures and on uh, child well-being. The second thing that happened in the 1980s is the greatest generation, the World War II generation, began to be replaced as parents by their children, the baby boomers. And as we all know, the baby boomers changed every social institution they ever touched. In particular, they changed family structures. By that I mean a lot more single parenting, a lot more um, dual-career households, and this uh, also had its impact on uh, child well-being. You may recall during the 19, early 1980s to the late 1980s, there were quite a number of media stories about so-called latchkey children. Mm-hmm. And we still see those stories occasionally, but not with near the frequency that we saw in that period. What has happened in the interim is that other social institutions have adapted to greater prevalence of single-parent households and households with both parents working. Many school systems around the country now have aftercare programs for children from such families. There also are adaptations by religious and community institutions to uh, make it easier for parents in such households to uh, rear their children and rear them well. And these kinds of institutional adaptations took time. 
time. Then, of course, in the 1990s, we had the results of the seeding of the new economy in the 80s, namely the economic expansion and prosperity of the Internet, the e-economy in the 1990s, and we see the impact of that on positive improvements in child well-being in the 1990s. If parents are looking at your child well-being index and are trying to maybe take some messages away, learn something, what kind of things would you highlight in your index? This year's focus does show that the impact of pre-K enrollments, exposing a larger fraction of kids that age to some type of structured environment which stimulates their cognitive development, does seem to improve test scores at age 9. The second thing is I think we have to puzzle through what's happening to our age 17-year-olds. Why the U-turn, the decline over the last decade in reading scores? And we don't know the answer to that question. Certainly an increasing uh, ethnic heterogeneity, diversity is part of the answer, but there are also changes in kids' lives and what they do in after-school hours over the past 10 or 15 years. In particular, um, much heavier use of video games in the after-school hours, and we need to ask whether or not that is detracting from uh, reading assignments and so forth and developing the kind of linguistic skills that the NAEP scores measure. We just don't know the answer to these questions at this point. Dr. Kenneth Land of Duke University, developer of the Child Wellbeing Index, thank you for joining us on InfoTrack. Thank you very much. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to InfoTrack. The weekly show with information you should know. A production of Syndication Networks.